Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Gil Martin, and I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 until the modern era. On today's show, we'll take a look back at John Tavares' time with the Islanders. We will also examine the Islanders' goaltending duo of Tomas Grice and Simeon Varlamov, and we'll take a look at this date in Islanders history, plus a whole lot more. But first, let's talk some injury news from around the Islanders and their farm team as well. Andrew Ladd working hard to make his return, and it looks like the veteran forward will be back soon. On Monday, yesterday, he scored his first goal of the season, uh, albeit with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the Islanders' AHL affiliate, but that's his first goal since last March. Last March, of course, he tore his ACL. He was expected to miss six months, but uh, it's gone this far, and as of right now, Lad, they extended his stint down in Bridgeport. He didn't pick up any points in his first three games, but now, yesterday, he finally gets on the score sheet, notches that first goal, and uh, there's one game left on his minor league conditioning stint, uh, or at least the extension of his minor league conditioning stint, and then it is very, very likely that we get to see Andrew Ladd in an Islanders uniform could happen as early as this weekend, and that's only going to add a little bit more depth to the Islanders lineup, give them a third and fourth line that are capable of producing more offense, and that is certainly a positive thing. Most likely, Michael Dalcole will be the one who is going to take a seat, although obviously that will be up to Barry Trotz when the time comes. Meanwhile, forward Leo Kamarov is also close to returning after missing the last nine games due to neck soreness and an illness. He practiced with the Islanders again on Sunday uh, and may play to on Wednesday when the Islanders host the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, to end their four-game homestand. And again, what Kamarov would add to the lineup is a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of grit, a little bit of toughness. And with Casey Sezikis's status up in the air for the Islanders after his injury uh, on Saturday against Florida, uh, getting Kamarov back would be very good timing. We, of course, will keep you updated on Casey Sezikis's status and that of Leo Kamarov. So stay with us and follow us on Twitter at Locked on Isles, and we'll have all the latest updates for you there. Meanwhile, Wednesday's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs will mark the return of John Tavares. And it's a situation that I think Islander fans have understandably mixed feelings about. Look, the way John Tavares left the Islanders after the 2017-2018 season was not the right way to go about things. And clearly, Islander fans were hurt. They the man gave the Islanders every indication that he could be coming back, that he was loyal to the franchise, loyal to the fan base, and then uh, kind of at the last minute ends up signing that lucrative deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And look, Tavares was the face of the franchise 
from the moment he arrived as the first overall pick in June of 2009 all the way until his departure uh, in the summer of 2018. And, you know, he was clearly the focal point of the franchise, scored a goal on his very first shift as an Islander, and really raised the hopes of a franchise that in 2009 was struggling on and off the ice. So Tavares really, he was a leader, he was somebody who helped take this team to the next level, and was very productive for the Islanders. His best two seasons uh, first of all, 2014-2015, he was healthy, played in all 82 games, 38 goals, and 86 points. And then, just in 2017-2018, his final season with the Islanders, 37 goals and 84 points. But perhaps most memorably, uh, Tavares leading the Islanders on that playoff run in 2015-2016, when uh, he scores the series-clinching goal that propels the Islanders to a playoff series victory at the Barclays Center in overtime of Game 6. And look, that was the first playoff series win for the Islanders franchise since their run to the Eastern Conference Finals back in 1993. So it's doubtful that the Islanders are quite as successful in between 2009 and 2018 without John Tavares. He was a leader, albeit a quiet leader, on the ice and in the locker room. He, many nights when this team was struggling, would stand up and and speak to the media and conduct interviews when he knew that his team was struggling, you know, on the ice and trying to find its way. And yet, you know, he stood there and, 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 spoke to the media and defended his teammates and defended his coaches, even when it wasn't an easy thing for him to do. He was involved in the community on Long Island and in Brooklyn and did a very good job of representing the Islanders organization during his tenure here. And obviously Islander fans felt disappointed and angry and a little bit betrayed. But one thing that it's tough to remember sometimes. You know, these hockey players, they're people, and they go through their lives with their dreams and their hopes and their memories. And for John Tavares, you know, a kid from Ontario, growing up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, when he had the opportunity to play for the team that he grew up rooting for, you know, it was a very difficult thing for him to turn down, and understandably so, if you're able to put yourself in John Tavares's shoes. Look, uh, you could easily imagine him as a 7, 8, 10, 12-year-old kid playing hockey on a pond outside or in the backyard or in a rink up in Mississauga and, and basically, you know, pretending to be the, a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs and scoring that Stanley Cup winning goal. And when you have a chance to make that dream come true and get paid a boatload of money to do it, it's very difficult to say no. Imagine if you, you know, as an Islanders fan, grew up to be a hockey player and had a chance to sign with the Islanders or to stay with, let's say, the Colorado Avalanche or the, or the Calgary Flames. 
it'd be tough to turn it down even if the money was a little bit less to come to Long Island if that's what you dreamed of all your life. So yes, it was disappointing the way John Tavares left the island, but give him credit for the service that he gave to this organization. Last year, three games against the Islanders, the Islanders uh, basically winning two of those three and Tavares managing one goal in the April 1st match against the Islanders, uh, where the Islanders were the home team in a 2-1 to Toronto win. It will be interesting to see now, a year removed when the hurt isn't quite so strong, how Islanders fans respond to John Tavares and his presence on Nassau Coliseum ice on Wednesday. And of course, we will keep an eye out on it and, uh, and bring you all the updates as it happens. And again, if you want to voice your opinion about this and say what you want to say about John Tavares and his return to Long Island, uh, you can always email the show with your questions or comments or any subject that you want to talk about. Our email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And please leave your name and where you're from. And if your question is a good one, we can read it on the air. We'll be back to talk about the Islanders' goaltending situation and discuss this date in Islanders' history, plus a whole lot more, in just a minute. Alright, let's take a trip back down memory lane. This date in Islanders' history, November 12th, 1998. See, not all of our memories are going to be from the glory years. The New York Islanders facing the Montreal Canadiens at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And it was the Islanders skating away with a 4-0 victory over Montreal. Two goals for Marius Tchaikovsky. His first two goals of the season, one of them coming on the power play. Uh, Barry Richter opened the scoring for the Islanders late in the first period with just a minute 25 remaining. His first goal from Jason Daw and Ted Donato. Then it was Tchaikovsky, his first from Mike Watt and Scott Lachance. Just about the five-minute mark of the second period, Tchaikovsky scores again at the 8.56 mark of the second period on the power play from Richter and Claude Lapointe. And then 13 seconds into the third period, Robert Reichel closes out the scoring with his fourth goal of the year, assists to Rich Pilon and Kenny Janssen, beating uh, Jocelyn Thibault, gave up all four goals for Montreal in 25 shots. Meanwhile, for the Islanders, the shutout goes to Tommy Salo, who made 21 saves to earn the shutout in this game. Richter with a goal and an assist. Tchaikovsky with two goals to lead the Islanders as they skate away with a 4-0 victory this date in Islanders history way back in 1998. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Islanders' goaltending situation. And the reason for that, uh, among many, the Islanders right now, first in the league, having allowed only 35 goals through 16 games, which is an excellent ranking. Uh, and look, they have used a system that alternates games right now between Tomas Grice and Simeon Varlamov. And right now, look at the records. Grice. Eight starts, seven and one record, a 1.88 goals against average, and a 9.42 save percentage. 
So, uh, and, and he allowed one empty net goal. So the one game that he lost was a close one. Meanwhile, Varlamov, eight starts, five and two is his record at 2.37 goals against average and a 0.924 save percentage. And Varlamov uh, has the lone shutout of the season right now for the Islanders. One of his two losses, by the way, was in overtime, and that means that he has gotten a point in all but one of his starts so far. And I think you have to give Barry Trotz a lot of credit for the way he's handled the goaltenders thus far. Right now, he has alternated starts between Grice and Varlamov, you get the feeling he's going to do that until one of them really slumps or one of them really catches fire. Right now, they're both on fire, and the Islanders are certainly reaping the benefits. And look, Grice was here when the Islanders were struggling defensively before Barry Trotz's arrival, and it shows, I think, how valuable Trotz is, the consistency that we're getting from Tomas Grice now that the Islanders have a more defensive-oriented way of playing the game of hockey. Before Barry Trotz got here, the Islanders did not play excellent team defense. They were not a strong three-zone team, and now, under Trotz's guidance, they are a defense-first organization. Look, it may not be the most exciting way to play hockey, but it is a very, very successful way to play the game, and the results are showing up in the win column, and that is the most important place that you can go. I am sure that neither Grice nor Vorlamov are thrilled with the fact that they are playing every other game. Both of them would probably rather play 80% of the time, uh, but when you think about it, at this point, they both know when they're going to play. They both are reasonably sure that every other game, they're going to go out there and, and take the ice, and the team is comfortable with both goaltenders. They are confident in front of these two players, and I think the goalies are confident that that not just the defensemen, but the forwards also will be coming back and making plays, and that's a big deal. I, I think back to the Florida game, and it was a you know not an easy game necessarily. But who made a save in the crease during that Florida game? Uh, you know, technically a block shot, but officially a save. Jordan Eberle, a forward, not a forward primarily known for you know his excellent defense, and yet he manages to come back block a shot in the crease that saved a goal in a 2-1 victory and allows, uh, you know, an excellent performance by Grice, who made 37 saves, to stand and for the Islanders to come away with that 2-1 win. And, you know, you talk about the 37-save effort against the Florida Panthers. Florida is a very offensive-oriented team, as opposed to the Islanders, who tend to be more defensive-oriented. And they managed to get a lot of shots against the Islanders, but every time they got those shots, Grice was equal to the task. He came up big, and a good number of those 37 saves were saves that were makeable because the Islanders take away the slot area. They limit 
the number of rebounds that opposing players can get. They don't let you get too many uncontested shots from prime shooting areas. And as a result, you see that they don't give up a lot of goals, despite the fact that they are regularly outshot, you know, during most of their games. And that's a big deal. It's not just the quantity of shots, but the quality of shots that matters. And it's been a winning formula for the New York Islanders, who are presently first in the NHL by allowing only 35 goals this season. All right, Islanders fans, long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city or your town, and ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, let's also give some credit to General Manager Lou Lamarillo. He is a Hall of Fame General Manager for a reason, and one of the reasons is that he is able to acquire players who are able to fit into his system and replace the players who are leaving. And it's important. Last year, Robin Lehner, such a great year for the Islanders. He was a great story dealing with his off-the-ice issues, became a fan favorite, and really helped the Islanders on the ice surprise a lot of people and, you know, finish so high in the standings, win that playoff round, and and have such a successful season. Well, Lehner not staying on the island after last year, ends up signing with the Chicago Blackhawks. So what does Mr. Lamarillo do? He ends up signing a quality veteran like Simeon Varlamov, who has spent the last several seasons with the Colorado Avalanche. And look, you look at his statistics from last year, not bad, but a little bit of an off year. In 2017-2018, Varlamov, 24 wins, 16 losses, 6 overtime losses, a 2.68 goals against average, and a 9.20 save percentage. Last year, also with the Avalanche, again, you know, 49 games, so roughly the same number of games as the previous season, but a 20-19-9 record, the goals against average up 0.2 practically 
goals a game to 2.87. The save percentage down from 0.920 to 0.909. Again, two shutouts. But look, the Avalanche dealt with injuries last year. They were not as strong of a team in front of Varlamov as they were the previous season. But the point is, it takes a smart, shrewd, intelligent general manager like Lou Lamorello, knowing he has to replace a guy like Robin Lehner, to bring in a steady veteran like Simeon Varlamov and projecting that Varlamov would be a good fit on the Islanders. Yes, we're still, you know, only a a month and a half, not quite even into this season, and yet Varlamov fitting right in. Again, the 5-2-1 record, 2.37 goals against average, which would be his best mark since 2013-2014, and a save percentage of 9-2-4, which would also be his highest mark since 2013-2014. So Lamarillo, you know, sees the situation with Robin Lehner, realizes he's not going to be able to bring Lehner back at the price he wants to pay, goes out and finds a goalie like Varlamov, who has experience, who has played in front of both some very strong teams and some fairly shaky teams, but you know, a guy like Varlamov has to appreciate the fact that coming to a team run by Lou Lamorello, coached by Barry Trotz, it's going to be defense first for that team, and that only benefits Varlamov. He is also, according to what everybody I've spoken to says, fit in very well in the Islanders' locker room, and You know, he and Grice also seem to be getting along very well, and that's also helpful when you have two goalies who are alternating with each other. You keep that locker room positive. You keep the players happy. And right now, you know, a great move by Lou Lamorello helping the New York Islanders get off to this very strong start in 2019-2020. Here on our Tuesday show, let's take a look at this week's schedule. The Islanders, again, ending their four-game homestand tomorrow when they host the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Nassau Coliseum. That is a 7 o'clock Eastern time start in Uniondale, followed by two days off and then a Saturday game this weekend. Saturday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern time In Philadelphia, a tough divisional matchup against the Flyers. And if you look at the standings as of right now, the Flyers just three points in back of the Islanders, although the Islanders do have a game in hand. So that game against Philadelphia will have a big impact on the Metropolitan Division standings. And then the Islanders will enjoy two more uh, days off before heading to Pittsburgh to complete the Pennsylvania road trip. Uh, That will be a week from today, next Tuesday. Okay, that's going to do it for us today on Locked on Islanders. Going to be a great show tomorrow as we'll preview the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll, of course, take our daily look at this date in Islanders history, and we will have our weekly farm report. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on Locked on Islanders Wednesday edition.
I'm Gil Martin, your host. Don't forget you could follow me on Twitter at IceWarsNYR versus NYI. And you could follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. You could also email the show with your questions or your comments. LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com is the address. Have a great evening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more exclusive Islanders content right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.